What does she love as much as you love football? Jewelry. For your next special occasion or a just because surprise, let Nelson Jewelry game plan her perfect gift in your budget. Our jewelry and gift giving experts make jewelry buying easy and painless so you can get back to the game. Local, trusted, loved. Nelson Jewelry in downtown Spencer. Again, the most dust statement ever, we want to force Sergeant Buffalo to punt the football. You're tuned to Season 2 of the SDR Triple Option Podcast from the Spencer Daily Reporter. Let our local voices get you ready for the weekend of football ahead. Episode 8 recaps the big win against Storm Lake, sets the table for Friday's game at Sergeant Bluff Luton, talks RPI and regional, chats a little college and NFL, and rounds things out with TJ's top five. Please sit back and enjoy the SDR Triple Option Podcast. Hey everybody, SDR Triple Option Podcast coming at you this week. Randy Cothran, TJ Murphy, high above East Milwaukee here in our wonderful studios in the Spencer Daily Reporter building. TJ, what's on your mind? We are looking live at uh, 4th Avenue East here in Spencer, Iowa, above the Spencer Daily Reporter building. It's a beautiful, uh, beautiful day today, uh, but uh, apparently you have to bring your long johns this weekend because it might get a little chilly. Yes, I, my understanding is uh, fall is going to vacate us pretty quick here, uh, at least for the next couple of days. It's supposed to get cold tomorrow and even colder on Friday. Yeah. Time no, for game time. The, the weekend, too, will not be warm. Uh, speaking of not warm, my uh, top five last week was not warm. Was it lukewarm? No, it was cold. Ice cold? Ice, ice cold. Well, your Raiders did me no favors, Randy. Well, that's a good, your, I'm very your, happy about your that. Your Raiders screwed me over, okay? They're not supposed to go to London and put up 24 on the Bears' defense. That's the new black hole. <laughs> Apparently it is, and that stuff's just not supposed to happen. The Bears are supposed to win that game. The Hawkeyes were getting six. They lost by seven. I mean, come on, man. It was it was a rough week. Also a rough week for you because you doubled down on your bet Friday night uh, dude, on I, Facebook Live. That, that Facebook didn't go Live, well either. That Facebook Live did not happen. Neither did the last one. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> okay. Keep that. As long as you give me the 10 bucks, I don't care if you remember <laughs> it or not. Well, I know what I'm not doing. I am not going to go double or nothing against Ohio State again. Yeah. I, unless they're playing like New England, then I, I might do that. But yeah. they're not playing New England anytime soon. So you are not going to get 20 bucks out of me. Well, that's okay. But you know what? It was great to be on the sidelines last week as the uh, Tigers hosted Storm Lake. Huge win. For our homeboys here on Dale Norton Field. Homeboys? Homeboys. Getting the job done and uh, doing it. I I think probably, well, for back-to-back weeks in a very team-oriented fashion. It wasn't one facet of the game. It was all facets of the game got the job done. Oh, yeah. Offense uh, offense took some time to get going. That, that Storm-like offense, that, that, or a def- Storm-like team in general, especially the defense, that was a tough outfit. I mean, th- those boys are going to be really good going it looked, forward. It was a lot closer than the score would suggest mm-hmm. at 28 nothing. I'll tell you that. And I would say the week before against Dennis and Schleswig, that ended up 34-12. It could have been 50-6. to six. I Yeah, mean, that, that was a blowout. Six. That, was, that, that was a blowout. Um, so this this past week was a lot closer, like you said, and only a seven nothing game at halftime. We didn't really know what to expect in the second half, except we just knew if they didn't score, they weren't going to win. And considering at that point they hadn't scored against us in six quarters, I liked our chances at that point. But you never know in football; any anything can happen, especially on a team that's driving to our you know ten twenty yard line with at ease. They could easily punch one in. That was definitely the definition of our bend but not break defense. I mean, you know, we talk about that quite a bit, but they really did last week between the twenties. 
Storm Lake was solid, but they'd get down there in 20, and our defense would just buckle down and, and uh, I don't, stop them. I don't know if we were making some sort of an adjustment or if it was something they were doing. They were just kind of running three or four plays, like uh, you hear Co- Coach Herman Boone say on Remember the Titans. I run seven plays over and over, like Novocaine. Something about it hurts or yeah. something along that line. I'm not sure. But yeah. they would just do this uh, toss-crack play where they would pitch it to their A-back, and then the quarterback and the B-back would just lead right through, and they got a lot of success with that play. It was really tough for us to stop, and we're blitzing our linebackers a lot, and it seems like we, our linebacker that was blitzing the B-gap would either get there or they would just run right behind it, and they would usually pick up some solid yardage. Uh, tough to figure out, but in the second half, we did a lot better uh, job of figuring it out for sure. Well, we shut down most of their backs except for their quarterback. Soto had some great rush yards uh, in that second half. He really carried them in the second half to keep them alive, I thought. I mean, he did a great job of, of making gains when the other guys couldn't produce much. David Soto is going to be a handful in the next couple of years. Yeah, yeah. That, kid, that kid is going to be a handful. Now, thankfully, he does, uh, he does lose Colton Dreeth. And I believe their fullback, uh, Wiegert, I believe he was a senior as well. So those two, will they'll be gone. But I thought they, the Colton Dreeth kid, I thought he ran really hard. He was usually the recipient of those uh, toss-crack plays that uh, would get positive yardage. And both sides of the ball, those kids played really hard. But that said, Spencer did what it took. Uh, you know, they, they went into halftime with a, a 7-0 lead. Uh, we talked about that a little. You were You actually said, as I recall, you thought they were lucky to have that advantage. Uh, you know, we had a big, uh, what was it, third and 15, third and 16. No, it was fourth. Fourth and 16 from it was our fourth own down. 30. And yeah. the old Norwalk reverse. Yeah, and uh, we run that reverse to Petzenhauser, and it worked like a charm. He made one move, and he had nobody else out there. And when he got around that guy, he went for 26 yards, put the ball down to the four, and then I think it was it took us four plays to get it in. We had no, that, first and goal. That one was two plays. To get it to 21 nothing was the four plays okay, where Storm Lake's play. defense really stood up and uh, forced us to earn it, that's for sure. At that point, it was, it was nice because it helped milk, milk the clock. So I guess maybe we could say we planned that. We planned for it to get to fourth down and then score, I'm going to say. But the game started off the game started off rough. I mean, four plays after we get a first down, we fumble, and we give them the we're ball right at midfield. Yeah, we got a first down, then we fumble right away. and Or after four plays, I should say. They get down to about the 25-yard line, and we hold them, force a punt, and that's fumbled, and that's what leads to the uh, touchdown on the short field. Yeah, two big plays by Freeman on defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, one was a sack. Uh, to stop him in the back, and then on the next play with the punt, the uh, the, uh, the punter kind of mishandled the ball a little well, bit. Well, he ate popcorn dirt before was the game. That what is yeah, that? I shouldn't have had that popcorn. <laughs> and uh, Freeman was able to get back to him, and before he could get the kickoff, uh, hit him, and, and they got the ball about closer. Actually, gained a yard from where they fumbled it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, they actually picked up a yard, and uh, uh, you know, the, it was kind of an interesting game because it wasn't perfect. But it was certainly um, balanced. And effective. And balanced, yeah. I mean, we went down, we had the big play from Petzenhauser a couple plays later. Like you said, Garnett's goes in from a yard out. Garnett's had three touchdowns, but two of them are really short one yards. And they were after big plays from somebody else. Because towards the end of the game, uh, you had uh, Isaiah Spencer, who had really kind of been held in check for the better part of the game. They keyed on him hard. I mean, he was coming through the line whether he had the ball or not. They were, uh, and teams, we've been seeing this a lot, teams are not going to let Isaiah Spencer beat him. Now, Dennis and Schleswig tried that, and all he did was go for 193 yards, so that they didn't really execute their toil really well, but Storm Lake was not going to let Isaiah Spencer beat him. And then I think we heard the offensive line say in the fourth quarter, 
they told Coach Ty, like, these guys are getting tired. We, these guys are getting tired. Let's just bulldoze these guys. And then we saw a 68-yard run, then a 50-yard run by Isaiah. And really, that one should have been a touchdown. Well, he, he had, had Us- gotten horse He, he had yeah. Usain Bolt chasing after him. He had a 10-yard lead on that kid, and he ran him down that. And oh, it's not like Isaiah's, Isaiah's not slow. I he's mean, not, he's on our 4 by 100 team in oh, the yeah. track. And it went to state. Got, I mean, yeah, <laughs> that's impressive. But that kid chased him down, but then had to horse collar him to keep him from getting in the end zone. Yeah, I hated seeing Isaiah get tackled like that. I'm glad he got up and okay and was okay and was able to finish that game and punctuate it with a nice 45-50 well, yard touchdown run. But God, I hated seeing him get yeah. tackled like that. I mean, it's like, kid, come on. You, you had a horse collar him from there? You couldn't have just dove after his legs? Something? I mean, come all on, the, kid. What are you doing? So all of the yards he had, uh, most of them came on those two big plays. The 67-yard run plus his 45-yard touchdown run at the end of the game to drive the dagger into the uh, into him and it was a you know it was a great performance again by the Tigers he got some help uh, on the outside uh, from well Griffin you know picking up the short runs but yeah Griffin had a couple of really nice carries Pingle had a couple of nice carries for him uh, to keep that offense moving when he when we didn't have anything up the middle. So. Yeah, we saw uh, Griff last week two carries, nineteen yards, very efficient, um, almost ten yards a pop there, and then uh, Isaac Pingle six for forty three. So when we are going to the outside, it's being very effective. And then uh, Gage fifteen for thirty five, and I would say those are very tough yards, very very tough yards between the tackles, him getting his yardage. And you talked about uh, Gage's touchdowns earlier. Uh, two of them were for one yard, and the other one was a fourteen yard scamper, which was actually our Spencer Auto Parts drive of the game. So you remember, Randy, that game was seven nothing at the half, and it was a dogfight. I mean, it was a it was a slugfest between two teams on the corridor, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And two teams that. There's a lot of history with. Mm, yeah. I think a lot of it is fabricated press history, but there's some history. That, there. That's for a different podcast. Yeah, that's a different. But I think you know it's 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 created a tension between the two teams. So uh, you know, real or imagined, it's there. And uh, so the tie, this is a big win. Yeah, and we didn't know how the uh, second half was going to go, and it took till the fourth quarter, I believe, for uh, before we got this our Spencer Auto Parts drive of the game was our second touchdown, and it made everyone in the stands kind of go, <sighs> breathe easy, exhale a little bit. And our Spencer Auto Parts drive of the game against the Tornadoes was indeed our second scoring drive of the night of the night at the midpoint of the third quarter. I thought it was fourth quarter, Justin. No, it was third. I've never never made a mistake. You just did. First time for everything. All right. Spencer's Javi Mendez recovered a storm-like fumble to set up the Tigers of the Tornado 36. That fumble was caused by our player of the game, which we'll get into in a little bit. Awesome play. Awesome. Our linebackers were just balling the other night. So... Javi recovered that storm-like fumble to set us up at the 36. The six-play drive featured runs by Isaiah Spencer and Isaac Pingle and a pass completion to KP, overcoming a holding penalty, and resulted in a 14-yard touchdown run up the middle by Gage Garnett. Importantly, it gave Spencer breathing room after a defensive battle until that point. Spencer Auto Parts is your best option for drive lines, hydraulic hoses, heavy-duty parts, and everyday parts and accessories for your vehicle. Custom machine shop service on-site. Let us get your equipment ready to go. Visit Spencer Auto Parts at 416 South Grand Avenue or give them a call at 262-7484. Justin, that's a lot of S's in, like, the fourth line of that read. That's that's, that's tough. Well, it's actually the mayor's fault. Mayor, if you're listening to this, 
you, you got to do better on your read. That's a lot of S's for me, and you know I'm not that bright. Come on, brother. Well, you know, and it's like, so, you know, I think we need to give Justin his own segment at the end where he gets to point out all of our mistakes. Because I had the one where I said it was the uh, the four-yard or the four-play yeah. scoring, and that was actually the, the two-play when the four-play one came later, as you mentioned. That, that would probably be a longer podcast than what we do. Yes. We're already long-winded enough. Yeah. So, anyway, great uh, great job by the Tigers. We got some comments from Coach Jim Ty about the game. Yeah, sometimes I think as coaches we, we're just more relieved than anything, you know, to get a win. You know, it's, you you just want to play well. And uh, and in a game against, you know, Storm Lake, they're always tough. They're scrappy. And they're going to be very good in the future because they're young. But, uh, you know, in that game last year was 35 nothing. And on the surface, that looks like that was an easy win, but that was a struggle. You know, it was 14 nothing half, and it was very similar to this game. It was 7 nothing, and I felt eerily similar a little bit to the Web City game when, you know, they, they just seemed like they were hogging the ball and we couldn't get off the field. But the difference is we didn't let these guys score like Webster City, you know. Right. So we toughened up in the red zone, and, and that was a big difference. And, but, they, you know, they still did have run a lot of plays, and so you kind of felt like your possessions were pretty important because you might not, you know, see that many possessions. And... So second half, it went better. We made a few adjustments at half, and and uh, uh, the, the adjustments went well, but then we'd have a penalty to kind of follow up with it. So it still made it a challenge, but we were able to get those you know late scores. So both of your last two wins have looked like really kind of complete team wins. I mean, you've gotten it done in all phases of the game uh, to put those together, even though it took a little while to get get uh, going in the, in the in the Storm Lake game. Uh, with Dennis and Schleswig in this game, it looked like you, you got – Pretty good participation from all sides of the ball, yep. from uh, offense to defense and special teams. Talk about what's going on in practice that's helping to facilitate that. Well, I think I, think, I don't think we're doing anything dramatically different. We always, you know, spend a lot of time on offense and defense and special teams. And special teams is where you can lose games so easily, especially early in the year. And we did, you know. Um, I, I don't think that was the only reason we got beat by Spirit Lake, but we did get a punt blocked that went for a touchdown, and. Uh, and we almost had several others, and we kind of struggled on the kick return game and so forth. So, you know, we do spend a lot of time. You, you maybe insert some different kids in there that are a better fit, and, and that's all part of it. Yet you, won't, you don't want to have all your starters out there because you're trying to get them off the field a little bit. So you're trying to get some younger kids in there. But sometimes younger kids uh, can handle it. Sometimes they do, and, you, and uh, maybe you got to get them in a different position. Um, you know, as I tell some of them, you know, we, we got to move you around a little bit to get somebody maybe a little bigger, somebody that's a little more mobile. And, but understand, it's nothing personal. You know, it's you're a sophomore or you're junior, and next year you're going to step up and use this experience to get even better. So um, it is a challenge, though. You, you know, you just you want to be well balanced. And, and we've, you know, it was a big, big shoes to replace with Michael Story. He was a great kick returner, great punt returner, great punter. He was, all, he was an all-state punter, and so, you know, I, we thought Isaiah Spencer would might be the punter going into the season, but then he had a leg issues, and, and TJ has really taken ownership of that and gotten better each week. So, Coach Ty weighing in on the big win for the Tigers against Storm Lake, uh, improving the Tigers to two and zero, and you know we've talked a lot about the offense here in the opening segment, but really the defense was every bit as important. Uh, in what they were able to put together. And it was very balanced. If you looked at the stats afterwards, uh, the kids who had tackles, there was like four or five kids that had like five or more tackles each. And when you have that kind of balance, it's not just a one-man attack. 
you could do a lot more, and it says a lot about, I think, our linebacking core. Well, we saw an interesting strategy going into the game, and we've kind of touched on it a little bit. Every single play, just about, we had Johnny Nissen in the missile blitzing the B-gap. And we talked to Coach Hook after the game about that, and he said, because of all the motion that they do, you can't let them sit back there and get comfortable and get a full head of steam. You've got to attack them right away. And sometimes they're going to hit plays for yardage, and we're going to see some TFLs. And we saw a lot of TFLs that night. And I believe Coach, I, I trust in Coach Hookfin's uh, strategy for, stop, for stopping that offense, and it worked. I mean, they only got 172 yards of total offense, so you can't, you can't argue with the results. Offense. Yeah, it's a pretty yeah. potent offense to hold them to that much. So, uh, yeah, I think a combination, uh, the missile led them in tackles. Uh, it was pretty impressive, I thought. Uh, Darius Green, another great game for him. And he doesn't, when he hits you, he doesn't just tackle you. Ask David Soto. Yeah, Soto, at the, towards the end of that game, I can't believe that kid got up. He was rolling out, headed towards the Tigers' sideline, looking for somebody downfield. And Darius was headed right at him. And there is some closing speed there uh, between those two fast guys. And he hit him so hard, I could not believe he got up from that hit. It, well, you know it's good when the whole when the entire crowd that's left was like, oh, oh, yeah. And it was near it was near the end of the game, so it wasn't quite as many people there. Some people had kind of bailed out because it was chilly. So I, and it I can't, started I can't, to spin can't a little bit. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. But I actually thought from sitting where I was, I thought it was T.J. Arnold that did it. Now he was involved on in the tackle, but he, he he didn't deliver the oh that no. was that was the, uh, the the torpedo or the missile or. Whatever the heck we yeah, want to call Yeah, the missile, him. the guy you sent yeah. in to blow things up. Yeah, that's the... <laughs> I do have to shout out my man with the, na the namesake, TJ Arnold. The job he is doing punting is just incredible, right? Yeah. Yeah, for someone who's kind of got through into it, you know, uh, a couple games into the season, uh, he has done a yeoman job, and he does a great job as an undersized guy in the middle of that defensive he line. He just goes in there, and centers and guards, they hate guys like that. They they hate guys like TJ Arnold. quick. Oh, yeah, they just, he, he just shoots in those gaps and takes out a couple of guys and frees up linebackers, or he makes the tackle himself. Those guys are like, they can be the toughest ones to block, but I was looking the other night at the, at the footage, I was watching the tape back. He uncorked a 50-yard punt in the second half that was really important in flipping field position. He had another great punt later on in the night, so T.J. Arnold, hats off to you. We knew it was going to be tough to replace Michael Story, who was a left-footed punter, so what do you do? You just go out and get another left-footed punter, a la the New England Patriots, right? There that's, you go. That, that, that's what you do. And you get a that guy with the name TJ. Duh. That's, that's a good idea. When in doubt, go with a guy named TJ. So I'll keep you in mind for if I ever need a left-footed punter. Oh, I can't kick. Oh, well, you said. Boy. We have found out in back-to-back -back weeks I cannot dance or kick. Okay, well. I can't slice veggies either, although the thumb is getting better. It, yeah, was, it looks good. It was depressing in the, uh, the pregame last week, Randy. I tried to hold a football. Couldn't do it. Thumb just wouldn't allow it. Was, it almost made me cry. You dropped it. I think we got that on the Facebook Live. Uh, oh, yeah, because Justin's not going to miss miss my downfalls. Oh, Johnny, absolutely not. Johnny on the spot. He had that uh, caught. If you weren't watching Facebook Live, you missed it. Yeah, people. But, hey, one other person we got to talk about is uh, our uh, player of the week. Yes, we have kind of neglected him. My bad. Uh, our high V Tiger of the game against the Tornadoes was Junior John Nissen. Johnny was everywhere this game. I mean, we've already talked to him and the missile were blitzing every single play, but just the, the game he had, we thought we kind of gave the, uh, the edge to him for our player of the game. He had six tackles, four solos, 
three TFLs, a sack, and he had that forced fumble that led to our second touchdown. It was a great play. They tried that counter play, and Soto had the ball in, in his hand like this, and then Johnny's just like, oh, and just tapped it in the air right to Javi to recover. <laughs> really, a, really a cool play. So, And he had a lot of other disrupt, disruption that led to his teammates getting TFLs. So I thought Johnny played his best game of the season, and looking forward to another one here coming up this Friday. But anyway. Uh, That's saying something after the interception return he had. Yeah, I know. I mean, that was uh, huge. So Yeah, that, that was cool, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, that was a idea. It was Dennis and Susswig, right? That's where he No, that was humble. Humble that, that he humble. popped in front of the receiver yeah. and grabbed it yep. and went. That was impressive, too. So. Hi-V is proud to recognize John Nissen as the Tiger of the Game for the SDR Triple Option Podcast. Shop Hy-V on Grand Avenue for all your pregame tailgating needs. And I, we do have to. We've already talked about it. we got to shout out the missile. Eight tackles seven solos, three TFLs, a sack, and the head of the year. I mean, yeah. he, he was all over the place. So far. He, yeah, there are three so games far. left. If somebody wants to put a big one on number nine in a black jersey this weekend, that'd be okay. And I guarantee you, the guy from Heelan, if he's still around from last year, <laughs> he's not looking forward to seeing him again either. Well, and I won't be in Jamaica this time, so I'll get to see it. Yeah, there you go. I'll not be on a nude beach. Well, <laughs> once again... TMI. Oh, is that too much info? I, 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 you had this look like you wanted to I know. I know. I don't need the visual, brother. <laughs> so, all right. What are we beating out here? I'll, I accidentally hit the microphone. <laughs> no, that was my bad. As I uh, fiddle-faddle my paperwork well, hey, here. Hey, you want to recognize some of our sponsors? Yeah, that's what I was trying to get to, and then I uh, beat up on the microphone. I went, I'll, I went full missile mode on the microphone. Graham Tire features tires that fit your needs and prides themselves on being your number one choice for any auto repair. Call Graham Tire at 712-262-3700. Hi-V is excited to sponsor the SDR Triple Option Podcast and a proud sponsor of the Spencer High School Tiger football team. Shop Hy-V on Grand in Spencer. I'm going to keep going with this joke until it gets old. I'm sorry. <laughs> We're there, but go on. <laughs> Insurance, along with our all-senior backfield, can be tough to tackle. Don't get stuck with a fourth and long. Score a touchdown by calling Community Insurance today at 712-262-6444. Tuesdays, Thursday Senior Day, where you can receive 25% off any pizza. These are just a few of the reasons to stop in to Papa Murphy's. That's Papa Murphy's, 1019 South Grand Spencer, or call ahead 712-580-2112. That's what I do. I call ahead. Oh, I'm, yeah. I you mean, don't want to wait in a the line. There's always a line in there. Because you go in there, you look like royalty. Like, why is he getting his pizza already? It's like when you go to the amusement park and some people pay the extra 30 bucks for that uh, skip-ahead pass. Yeah. Don't you just hate those people? I hate those people, but I don't hate them when I'm going in to get my pizza ahead of them. Oh, well, yeah. yeah. That, that's for that's sure. That's just being smart. But when you go to the amusement park, you've got to. When you go to Papa Murphy's or the amusement park, you just got to gotta do the extra work because it'll be, it'll be well worth Plan it. Ahead. Randy, do you need that new school car or work car this fall? I'm thinking about it. If you do, we have you covered at Clay County Motors in Spencer. Find our full inventory at okabojigmtoyota.com. Teachers, military, and first responders, ask Holly Brink with EXP Realty about the Hero Program rebates when looking to buy or sell a house. That's Holly Brink at 712-363-2399 or thinkhousesthinkholly.com. So, TJ, yeah. we've talked about last week's big win. We've celebrated that long enough. One more, thi- one more thing before I'm done. i got to okay. shout out my man Kyle Maroney. Had another interception. I mean, all he does, make interception and bat passes away. Teams want to try, and, uh, teams wanna try uh, our shutdown corner. Go right ahead. So, did he have one last week? Mm-hmm. And he was interfered with. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, he he was interfered with and uh, got the interception. So like I two thought, for the price of one. I thought Griff had one and Isaiah Spencer had one. Well, Isaiah. Oh, Isaiah had he, one. I mean, he had one for sure. I and then that that hail mary. Are you kidding me? That was just oh, that was an incredible that, play by that spirit, uh, Storm Lake receiver. Yeah, Golly. that was great because Pettenhauser was right there. He oh, and as Isaiah went, him, yeah. Isaiah, you can't have better coverage than what no. Isaiah had. No, no, no. <laughs> that was just incredible. On like a fourth and ten, two quarterbacks getting pressured by our high V Tiger, of the game John Nissen, and he's like, "Well, he throws a jump pass, like, all right, I'm gonna see what I got on it." Throws out a duck, and kid just kid was picks tall. it out of the air. Kid oh had yeah, some height and some good hops, so mm-hmm. got up there and grabbed it. But I uh, still trust our secondary wholeheartedly as they, sh- as they as they've shown all season. So, yeah, another another good game. So, like I said, we've we've, we've celebrated that long enough. We're on to the next week now. Friday night, Tigers heading to Sergeant Bluff Luton, team that we faced twice last year. One was a fantastic game. Uh, the other one was fantastic for one of the teams, but it wasn't ours. <laughs> yeah, uh, could have went better the uh, the second one. And the first one, I mean, if we find a way to get the money in that first one, I think Sergeant Bluff Luton probably comes here, and they don't get to play on that cushy uh, turf track. field. Yeah, <laughs> cushy track, track that they're used to. They have to play on our long grass, which they re- were really a big fan of last year, unless your name's Britton Delperding. He was a fan of our grass last year. Well, he was a fan of any time he touched the ball. That kid was something else. Forty-one carries, my lord! I mean, you didn't, you don't, you're not going to see many times where they don't lean pass over the run, especially with this year. But they sure did up here in the Dale against us. Well, you know the thing about Delper Day, I don't know that I've seen a runner like that since Brandon Wegger. I mean, Wegger was the last kid that I can remember was even close to that capability of being able to read the field and make everybody else on the field look like they were moving in slow motion. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. it really is what it looked like. He would run, he would stop, he would survey the field, he would cut, he would go another direction. And you're standing there going, why doesn't somebody tackle this kid while he's standing there? And it's just nobody could get to Because you just it. can't over-pursue on him or he's going to make you look foolish. I mean, because the, the way he can jump and cut and accelerate, you just can't over-pursue on that kid. Now we're going to see a kid this Friday, the fastest kid in the state, the Open 100 and 200-meter champion. He's not going to make moves on you. He just wants to outrun you. So you ain't got to worry about him going shifty on you. You just got to make sure you get him to the ground. And the fact that he's he's a little guy, 5'9", 155 pounds. So you get a, you get a hand on him, you should be able to take him to the ground. So Jorma Schwedler is the young man's name. <laughs> yeah, senior. Uh, and he's got a little brother, Matthew Schwedler. I'm not sure he doesn't play all that much, but uh, there's more Schwedlers coming, everybody. So yeah. there we go. So, the, yeah, the key is going to be, I think, trying to shut him down and getting that pressure on the quarterback so he doesn't have time to stand back there and find Schwedler. Uh, you know, and I know a lot of those are quick passes, quick dump passes that he could take and convert. But uh, we got to shut that down because if we can shut that down, they didn't run a ton. Against Lamar's last week, I mean, their 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 rushing yardage wasn't anything to to write home about. I think it was just over a hundred yards. So, you know that that part of their game doesn't concern me too much. Although, I mean, I think they're capable of more if they decided to go more. Yeah, they don't want to go a ton up the middle. Um, They're going to do some fake on their jet sweeps going to the outside, and then they'll hand it to Schwedler up the middle, things of that nature. But they want to get to the outside, whether it be smoke routes, wide receiver screens, or jet sweeps. They want to get to the outside. They want to get their athletes in space and quite frankly, not a bad strategy, especially when you got the athletes like that. So this is going to be a big game for what I'm going to assume is going to be our 35 defense. Really want to get to the outside and not turn small gains into explosives because that's what Sergeant Bluff wants to do. They want to hit explosive plays on you. So it's going to be a really big game for those guys to find the football and corral them to the ground and 
when you see when you watch Sergeant Bluff Luton on tape, they love their receivers are really good blockers. Uh, they, then you have to be for an offense like that to work. So it's going to be really important for our guys to shuck blocks and get those guys to the ground to the ball carriers, get the ball carriers to the ground. Well, if you look at their numbers, the quarterback Daniel Wright right now completing over seventy percent of his passes, which that's is, impressive for um, uh, one thousand four hundred and seventy-five yards, thirteen touchdowns, just three picks. Now that isn't quite as good as the guy they had in there last year, was it? When uh, no, it was Daniel Wright last year. Was it okay? It was well, Daniel Wright. It's been, this was, is his third year starting. Okay, so this was the kid that came in coming in last year, didn't have a pick, and he left with two. Yeah, so I mean, trying to test our defense. So, um, you know, he's looking good this year, but he was looking great last year too when we took him on the first time. Well, and you look at what he what he's done last year. Yeah, like you said, Randy, hitting on over seventy percent of his balls, one thousand four hundred seventy five yards, thirteen touchdowns, three picks. But two games against us last year, the game up here at the Dale, the nail biter, ten of eighteen, hundred fifty two yards, a touchdown, two picks. Very very pedestrian numbers. The playoff game where they got us twenty seven to nothing. A lot of that was running the ball. It wasn't much, Daniel Wright. 14 of 22, 123 yards and a pick. So we have seen him, and we've seen his stats, and I've seen it on tape. He carves up a lot of teams. He doesn't really carve us up, especially last year. So I don't know if it's something with Coach Hook's defense. Maybe Coach Hook's got something figured out on him, but he has not had a lot of success on our defense. But you look at him, 6'7", 230. The, kid, the kid's a kid, really big kid, and he's got a missile for an arm, and he is really accurate. So you do not want to let him sit in the pocket and have a clean pocket. If he's if he can do that, he's going to set his feet and he's going to make accurate throws. So you want to do you want to get him on the run. You want to move him off his spot so then he can't look downfield because he doesn't want to look downfield if he's running. If he's running out of the pocket, he's going to look shorter. He's going to look for checkdowns, and the threat of a big play isn't quite as there. But if you let him sit back there and set his feet. It could be a really long day for your defense. So get him off of his spot and put a few hits on him. You know, he hasn't been hit too many times. So he sees some of our blitzing linebackers come in, smack him, put him to the ground. I, I think that could be uh, nothing but beneficial to us as long as it's legal. <laughs> three, I, I've got three words for you. Send the missile. Yep, send the missile. And Johnny, you know, we've yep. got uh, a new missile, two missiles. Yeah, how about how about that? But like I said, a missile and a torpedo. Yeah. We're going to send them both. He and Daniel Wright is a one read guy. So if we can shut down the first thing he's looking for, I don't know if he's going to be. It hasn't seemed to me that he's going to really look to anywhere else. He's probably just going to fit it in there. So if we could take away his initial read, that'd be beneficial to us. Now we reference in the open the the weather this Friday. It is supposed to be twenty to thirty mile an hour wind gusts out of the west, and I believe their field runs about northwest to southeast. Something like that's kind of a weird. Uh, Weird angle Weird there. Angle, yeah. yeah. It's it's not going to be easy to to throw the ball deep in that weather. I mean, he, the kid does have a rocket arm, but 20, 30 mile an hour winds speak for itself. So you're going to see a lot of smoke routes, a lot of wide receiver screens in this game, and I think it'll be a very low-scoring game because of that reason. And it's going to be even more imperative for us to hang on to the ball because you don't, you don't want to give them you don't want to give them any right, help. Right. Well, you know, we talked a lot about Schwedler, but really if you look at statistics, uh from a pass receiving, he's only had 15 of them. Their main target has been Derek Fitzgerald, the senior. 39 receptions, 498 yards, uh, averaging about 12.8 a catch, and he's had five of the touchdowns um, as far as that goes. And then Carter Schumacher, uh, a ways behind in receptions with 24, but still 410 yards of receiving to his credit and four uh, touchdowns. And then also with four touchdowns, Jacob Imming 
a sophomore who's had 23 catches and 272 yards. So he does move the ball around. He doesn't, I mean, he's got one primary, but a couple of other guys that obviously are getting quite a bit, quite a few passes. And Derek Fitzgerald played last year, really good receiver for them last year. They had three really good receivers last year. And Jacob Emming, you just mentioned him, and I'm glad you did, Randy. He's their H-back. So if you remember last year to Sergeant Bluff Luton, they always had an H-back. What I mean by an H-back, he's a guy that lines up right behind one of the tackles, and sometimes they'll put him in motion, sometimes they'll let him sit right there. You want to know what Sergeant Bluff Luton is going to do every play? Follow the H-back. He is going to take you to every single play. If he blocks up the middle, it's going to be a run up the middle. If he goes to the outside, it's going to be a run to the outside. So if you want to find out what they're doing, just follow him. But they will, like you just said, they will set up some things for him. So you can't just get complacent thinking he's always blocking because they will leak him out of the backfield into the flat or they will leak him you know, getting upfield and try a nice little pop pass to him. So you can't get complacent with him, but he's going to take you to a lot of plays as opposed to usually you watch teams, their offensive line will take you to plays. This playing Sergeant Bluff, the H-back does a lot of that. So keep keep an eye on him for sure. Absolutely. Uh, Coach Ty weighed in on the uh, big game coming up Friday night that he said is not any bigger than anything else they've got ahead of them. And I mean, we look at last year's game for, for you know, adjustments and, and you try to guess how you know they're going to align on you and things like that but that's not always the case because sometimes end up uh, aligning totally different uh, a team like Sergeant Bluff um, had pretty good success against us you know but they also have some very good players and they, they've lost they've graduated a lot of those kids but they're also they're younger this year but they're they're also pretty darn good and I know like number 78 was a line, middle linebacker last year he was a real handful. They're playing him more on the line this year. They had two really, really good safeties. Well, those guys graduated, but their, their safeties they this year are very good as well. So, um, you know, the, the, the Delperdane kid graduated, but they have the quarterback back, and they have the fastest kid in the state in their backfield. He won the 100-meter dash. So we, the biggest thing we tell them is just focus on what you can, can control. Um, offensively, we have to do a better job of, of – Staying in front of the sticks, as we say, you know, don't get the the third and thirteen, the third and eighteen. You know, we want to have always keeping a manageable distance to keep the sticks moving. And even in a game like this, even if we don't score, you want to try to flip the field. So you want to try to get some first downs. You punt it away, and and you hope you can get a, a stop. And then you got a shorter field, you know, the next possession. So that's kind of what you, I think I think we focus on the most. And don't worry about this being you know, this, people keep telling them it's a huge game well every game is huge right now you know and whether we can afford another loss will be you know remains to be seen we're assuming we cannot um last year we we would have made it in with three losses this year we don't know it's not you know the rpi can't thing came out and honestly i didn't look at it i'm going by what people say i don't want to look at it right now because i can't it's nothing i can deal with you know i've heard that dennison and um, Storm Lake are both ahead of us, and we have the same similar records or the same records, and, and we beat, beat them both. handily. So it, it's just it's silly. These things will take care of themselves if we just take, you know, do what we can control. And we just got to take one game at a time. Because if we, if we are fortunate enough to win this game, then next week's even a bigger game. And the week after that's even a bigger game. Because then we're playing for the district titles. You know? So here's a, a, something that TJ brought up. He's been watching some of their game film. Yeah. And one of the things he noticed about it, he goes, it looks like their offensive linemen on their pass plays released very early downfield to set up blocking. Yeah. He goes, a lot of times they're headed downfield before that pass is been completed. Yeah. Is that something you guys have noticed? Is that within the rules of the game? Are they cheating? I mean, um, not cheating, but, but yeah. Well, if it's a pass that's behind the line of scrimmage, they can do that because it's sure. a screen. But no, they can't. They can't. Uh, 
leave. If it's a downfield pass, they can't leave early, no. Yeah, something so, that TJ had noticed when yeah. he was watching. He goes, boy, it sure seems like those linemen are moving downfield yeah. awful fast yeah. before our pass is That's even That's something you kind of mentioned maybe, you know, and the officials uh, see beforehand because I'm sure that uh, teams, you know, have some things they, they want, uh, to, you know, want the officials to watch on us because sometimes we have a tendency to our backs leave a little, you know, we'll get some yeah. motion calls on us and so forth. Okay, very good. So Friday night, you guys have got to treat this like any other game, even though we know it's the defending district champion. Yeah, you guys know the path to the state to the district championship is going to definitely go through them. Yeah, but you don't put it ahead of any other game because you know you've also got two more on yeah. the other side. Yeah, we got Lamar's after that, who always plays his tough, and then we got to go to Heatland. So um, we just got to worry about. The, but it's nice; it's not like we have to look. I'm not worried about him looking past the. You know, usually you worry a little bit, like last week. We could, we we definitely knew we couldn't look past Storm Lake to the or Sergeant Bluff, and and we didn't. We took care of business, and now we can just focus on this. So, so TJ, we've heard from Coach Ty. We've talked a little bit about what uh, Sergeant Bluff's bringing to the table. What do the Tigers need to do to win this game? I think we can get to the outside on these guys. I really do. Now you're probably sitting there listening to me, and Randy's looking at me like, "Dude, are you serious?" These guys are really fast on that track. We can get to the outside. I say yes, and here's why. Watching them, yes, they are fast. They are very good tacklers, but they're not disciplined at all. These guys will take the cheese a lot. So with us doing fakes to Isaiah and our and A and C backs and whatnot, we can really get to the outside on these guys. And plus, what they do, they run a 3-4 defense. So what they do is they got a guy right up, right, up, right on the center called a zero tech. Then they'll have their 2-D tackles. They'll be kind of lined up kind of over the guards or maybe kind of in the, in the gaps a little bit. Then they'll have two stand-up guys over the, uh, over the tackles. So they will have five guys on the line and then two middle linebackers kind of right behind, kind of line up over our guards, but about five yards back, kind of like what linebackers do. So that's why I say the outside runs could be successful because, number one, these guys are really taking the cheese a lot and falling for fakes. And then you get to the outside, you've only got a couple of guys to beat. And we've seen... Isaac Pingle, Griffin Garnett's Gage, and Isaiah, their ability to make guys miss in the open field. So I think that's something we could really have a lot of success with. But that's not going to start, and Coach Ty mentioned this, Wade Fair, number 78. That kid is a monster. That kid's a really good football player, especially playing his defensive end spot. He just he fires off the ball well, and he uses his hands well. So we've got, we want to avoid passing situations because he can use his hands really well and really get to our quarterback and our running backs on running play. So we really got to make sure we lock into him, put a shoulder pad into him, because he's not very big. He's only a 200-pound kid. So you want to make sure you, you get a body into him. He, last year he played over the center, like Coach Ty said. Now this year he's had his hand in the dirt. Not sure why they wanted to move him around. But he, he's a guy that can really ruin your night. So that's a key. You want to you lock in on him right away. So you're thinking that they're going to try to key on Isaiah like everybody else has? Oh, yeah. I mean, I they know what Isaiah is going to bring to the table. So they key on him, which is going to open up the outsides. And then once they start spreading out, when we start running the ball to the outside, that'll free things up again for Isaiah in the middle because mm-hmm. there'll be fewer guys there. To, and I think that's kind of what happened last week with Storm Lake, too, is they had to start worrying about the outside so they couldn't concentrate on him as much. And the, as longer the game goes on, he stays pretty strong, and defenses start getting tired, and he starts running over guys. Yeah, that's what we saw last week. Now, with the gap, the, with our A gaps that we have between our center and our guards, 
they're usually about two to three feet. I wonder if Sergeant Bluff Loon will take advantage of that and try blitzing those quite a bit, which I would welcome them to because then that will open up things to the outside. We saw Storm Lake try doing that in the second half when we had a lot of speed option and a lot of things to the outside and really had a lot of positive yardage. But with their linebackers, what I've seen, they don't show blitz at all. They, they stay back, and then at the hut they really come right in. So they do a good job of disguising that. So it will be interesting to see what defensive strategy they employ, or they just stay with their 3-4. Um, we'll see. The good thing, Wade Fair is their left defensive end, so that should mean he's going against the right side of our line. I think that's the strongest part of our line, obviously, with the tank and uh, Javi over there. So uh, that'll be interesting to see that battle all night. And one other thing I did see this about, about Sergeant Bluff Luton. This is going to be the most duh statement in the history of the SDR Triple Option podcast. Justin, are you ready for this one? The most duh statement ever. We want to force Sergeant Bluff Luton to punt. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. I think that's good game strategy. And I, I say that because they do not have a good punter. He, this kid is no good at all. We thought the kid from MOC – well, okay, he's better than the kid from MOC Floyd Valley where every one of his putts is like a ground ball. He is like better, a line drive. He is better than him, but this kid's only getting about 20, 30 yards per punt, and with the wind that there's going to be on Friday night, if we can force them to punt, we could really set ourselves up with some nice field position. So, again, the most dull statement ever, we want to force Sergeant Buff Luton to punt the football. Easier said than done. I mean, that offense is so potent, it's hard to do that. But I'm confident, I think you and I talked earlier this week, I think we are both confident that the Tigers have what it takes to win this game mm -hmm. Friday night. And that's not that's not hyperbole. I'm not talking about it because we're homers, which I think we both admit that we are for oh, the yeah. Tigers. But I really believe in my heart that our team has finally figured it out. It took them a couple of games to get there. Uh, we made some mistakes, so we have gotten through them. Uh, we continue to make these holding penalties that we have absolutely got to cut out because we cannot do that. We cannot give Sergeant Bluff Luton an opportunity. One thing with that, Randy, they will do the same thing, though. They run a lot to the outside. Referees know to look for holding calls on them, too. So they have a little bit of that uh, holding call terrorism on the outside, same as we do. So if there's a little silver lining in, in our uh, misfortunes with holding penalties, Sergeant Bluff's got them, too. But we're playing on Sergeant Bluff. If you recall yeah. that playoff game last year, there was a lot of stuff going on that was not being called against Sergeant Yeah, Bluffley. I know. I, I and know. so uh, I'm hoping that we get a good, balanced uh, officiating game and that we can be disciplined. Uh, I think that's what's going to take because a team that good, you do not want to give them opportunities that they don't earn. Yeah, and we heard Coach Ty talk about this, a few other things with that. You don't want to get too overhyped for this game. It's just the seventh game on the schedule. Now, that'd be easy to do because we had a great game with them here at the Dale, and then we made the quarterfinals and played them, and we've had this game circled because they're the district champs. But you still want to just treat this like it's a normal game. You don't want to get too overhyped. Because when you do that, sometimes you can have a negative effect on yourself. Sometimes it can be a positive, but sometimes it can be a negative. You get a little too antsy. So that's one thing we definitely want to do. And it's most important this week. You just said this. You hit the nail on the head, Randy. You want to play clean this week because Sergeant Bluff Luton does not need any help to have success. We can't we can't turn the ball over. I mean, last year or two years ago, excuse me, we went to Sergeant Bluff in a game that ended thirty five to seven. Okay? So you see you see thirty five to seven, you think, well, that was, that was an ass kicking. That game ain't competitive. We had six turnovers, and I believe every one of their points was off turnovers. Yeah. You definitely can't do that with a team that good. Uh, they're, they're quite good on their own without any generosity from the other side. So. Yeah, and we want to stay ahead of the chains this week. Um, then Coach Ty said that, too. You don't uh, want to get in third and long against this team. But if we do get in third and long, I believe we want to get the ball to Gage's hands quickly because I believe in what I've seen on tape, Sergeant Bluff-Luton, if it's in a passing down – 
they're going to come after you. They're, well, they're yeah, going to they bring sacks the against Lamar's. Now, obviously, Lamar's is a passing team, as we've seen this year. That's pretty much their whole game plan. But so you knew they were going to pass a ton, so that gives you a lot of opportunities yeah. for eight sacks. They're not going to have that many against us. We but, hope not. <laughs> you know, uh, they're not. Well, we hope we're not in a position where we have to throw like Lamar's had to throw. Uh, so you know, and if he did, because that's not our strength. You know, absolutely not our strength. We know that. Uh, not that we're not competent at it, but we're better off when we don't have to and we can mix it in as opposed to situations where the other team knows it's coming. Yeah, and with the uh, forecast we're looking at this weekend, we definitely, we want to, if you want to take sh- deep shot Sergeant Bluff into a 20, 30 mile an hour win, by all means, have fun. We will we will let, the, let you do that, and we're going to prefer to take the ground game to success uh, for this Friday, Friday night. And I guess... On top of that, we just want to make sure we get them in third and longs. We want to rush Daniel Wright. We want to move him off his spot because when we move him off his spot, he doesn't look downfield as much. Now, it'll be interesting to see what Coach Hook wants to employ for rushing because they have just have five linemen, but they go foot to foot. So you see a lot of teams with their offensive line, they will have a, they'll have gaps between center and guard and tackle. These guys go foot to foot, so they don't want any leakage up the middle. So will we try that? Will we try coming along the outside? Around the outside may be uh, the best way to go, especially with us playing a 35 defense. So, so it'll be those in- Buffalo gals do it. What? Buffalo gals go around the outside. Oh, okay. There you little go. Eminem, a little, little Eminem reference there. Little 80s, 80s uh, pop culture there for you. Oh, well, that was Eminem well, also. I, I think it, but it was sampled off something else. Oh, well, isn't that, isn't that the way music is nowadays? Yeah, very much so. And just be ready for a four-quarter dogfight. I mean, even if we get these guys down seven or 14 to nothing... They ain't gonna blink. I mean, they've no. got a, they've got a quick strike potent offense, and they're not they're not gonna they're not gonna go away easily. So you gotta be ready for a dogfight. Forty eight minutes. Well, one thing you noted about uh, Daniel Wright is moving him off his spot. Mm-hmm. He is not a threat to run like Soto was last year. Soto got moved off his spot. If you have any green grass, that kid was gone. Daniel Wright so far has rushed the ball nineteen times for forty two yards. This year, he has 2.2 rushing average. That kid is not a threat to run. He's a big kid, but he is not necessarily a threat to make a big gainer on you if he has to scramble. He will a little bit. He doesn't want to run at all. He wants to sit back there. He wants to get the ball out of his hands quick to his playmakers, or he wants to take a shot down the field. He doesn't want to run, but he will. Remember in the playoff game last year, he had like three carries for about 30 yards or so, and he daggered us a couple of times. Oh, he daggered us. He daggered us a couple of times on third and longs of picking up first down. So you can't go to sleep on his uh, athletic ability because He's deceptively athletic, really good basketball player and baseball player. So definitely an athlete, but if he's getting out of the pocket, I don't think he's going to outrun our linebackers for sure. So it'll uh, it'll it'll be a great challenge on Friday. It'll be fun. 7 p.m., Sergeant Bluff will be there. We will be. Yeah, get down there, people. Come on. If you're not able to make it, which I understand it's a long haul, Definitely join us for the uh, Facebook Live before the game, halftime, and then after the game. Yes, and uh, we'll have to speak loud because it'll be windy. And then we're getting a lot of great comments from Coach Hook after the game, so you definitely don't want to miss that. Are you looking for a great new job or employee? Let the certified staffing professionals at Employment Connections serve you. Call 712-262-9077 or stop by their office and say hi to my cousin-in-law, Cassidy, at 905 South Grand Avenue in town. Insurance Associates of Spencer, your one-stop for insurance from a locally owned independent insurance agency with more than 50, 30, I'm sorry, 35 years. They'll get, they'll get to 50. 35 years in business here in Spencer. Call 712-262-1918. Speaking of a business that'll probably get to 50 years, Northwest Iowa Bone, Joint, and Sports Surgeons have been providing specialized care, including sports medicine, as well as in-house physical therapy for 
therapy, jeepers, in-house physical therapy for 40 years. Visit them at nwiabone.com. Sorry, Matt, I foobarred that one. Sorry, Dr. Huff, that's my bad. (laughs) Hey, you know what, Brown Shoe Fit, we look forward to helping you find the perfect pair for any purpose or occasion. That's Brown Shoe Fit in downtown Spencer. Last but certainly not least, let Lisa take care of you and have you looking your best today after a visit to the Average Joe Hair Salon for Men. Call for an appointment, 712-580-3356. And don't forget $2 off your haircut on Wednesday. You know, Justin uh, goes to Lisa Mm -hmm. for all of his hair cares. And he's got some good lettuce. Eh, average at best. Ah, um, it's good lettuce. Uh, I'm, I'm not a fan. Le- I did like you rocking the uh, purple and gold uh, Average Joe sweatshirt the other day, though. That, that was, cool. was nice. It was school spirit, and it was town spirit. Look at you! So, TJ, a little bit to talk. The RPIs dropped this week, and uh, all that told me was they don't know what they're talking about. Yeah, they've got the formula where it's your record, your opponent's record, and your opponent's opponent's record, and what you had on Thanksgiving last year, and what kind of car you drive, and the tread on your tires. I think there's percentages in that, too, but it doesn't actually like look like it matters to what you do on the field. That's weird. Yeah, a little bizarre if you look at the numbers. Uh, obviously, Sergeant Bluff Luton way up there. Uh, they are sitting at number five. They've earned it. Yeah, absolutely, they have earned it. The team at the top, Randy. Now, uh, I saw Lewis Central play Sergeant Bluff Luton. That's that's a different. They're a different level, man. That team. Whew, that team is good. It's Cedar Rapids, Xavier, right? They're always right up good. there with them yeah. too. So, um, no, no, no surprises there. However, Spencer is sitting at number twenty-one, which I guess with our start would be something I could swallow had I not looked further ahead in the rankings and seen a couple of teams that are ahead of us. Number 17 is Storm Lake. Number 20 is Dennis and Schleswig. Now, as I recall, and my memory is not good, I admit that. I forget names. I forget all sorts of things. We hammered both of those teams Pretty respect. I mean, we crushed Dennis and Schleswig. It wasn't even close. That was that was a that was a kindness that we did to them that we didn't add more points with our JV team, okay? And then we turn around with Storm Lake, and yes, we agreed it was a tougher game than perhaps the score would suggest, but the score would suggest we have shut them out for eight straight quarters and beat them twenty-eight to nothing. So I'm not quite sure how both those teams are sitting ahead of us in this RPA thing. It makes me believe it really doesn't mean crap. They've got to start factoring in head-to-head. I mean, like I said, there's this your record, your opponent's record, your opponent's opponent's record, and percentage-wise, they're a little bit ahead of us. I I don't understand it. Uh, It doesn't make any sense to me, especially when you look at Storm Lake. We talked about last week their strength of schedule I felt was pretty weak. Um, You had Cherokee in there, who's garbage. The one team they did face that was worth OABCIG, and they got worked. Whipped. Yeah, yeah they've, played, they've played two real teams this year, and they've lost each by three. And Well, they lost the first one by three touchdowns, this past one by four touchdowns. You're telling me that's a playoff team? Are you out of your mind? They played Alta Aurelia this year, an average 1A team. Um, they barely got by Humboldt, a team we could have hung 50 on. Yeah. I, that one just doesn't make any sense to me. And then Dennis and Schleswig, I mean, they did step up in competition and play some like bigger schools, although... If, if your name isn't Council Bluffs Lewis Central or Council Bluffs St. Albert, you're not any good. And those were, I believe, were a source of a couple of their wins. And we saw what happened. We went down to their place and, again, could have hung 50 on them. So hopefully this plays out and hopefully 
those teams don't make it into the playoffs. If if if, if all records are similar and whatnot, hopefully they don't get in over us. Um, the scary, we'll see. The scary thing is right now, if the playoffs started today, neither one, none of us would be in there. But I know. But uh, those two would be ahead of us for an opportunity to go to the playoffs. Two teams that we have absolutely crushed. And I'm thinking, okay. Please, somebody in Des Moines, which is the biggest problem, mm-hmm. uh, is that the Iowa High School Athletic Association has come up with this formula that does not figure in head to head, and that just it does it boggles my mind. But these are the same people that thought it would be a great idea to make a deal where people on the western side of the state can't watch the football playoffs. Like so, we care, yeah, yeah. So you, you know, you can't you got to put a little credence in the fact that <laughs> look who's making the decisions here. But still, whatever this formula is, it is messed up. Well. Let's just go out and uh, let's have the boys take care of business this Friday. Let's win the district, and you get the district. That's the uh, that's the easiest qualifier. The to golden get into the ticket. That is, the, yeah, the golden ticket to get in. That's the easiest way to get in, and let's hope we can take care of uh, business that way. But it would, I would hate for it to come down to a three a three horse race between us. Storm Lake and Dennis and Schleswig, two teams that we uh, took it to the woodshed too. And if you boys want any other, if you boys want any extra motivation this week, you're an 11 point underdog at uh, Sergeant Bluff. In case you needed some more motivation, so somebody somewhere thinks you're an 11 point underdog. Okay. Yeah, let's go. Well, it's not the first time we've been underdogs this season. So yeah, somebody uh, thought Dennis and Schleswig was four points better than us, and. Again, we could have beat them by 40. Yeah, and I don't know what the line was on the Stormlight game. I, didn't I believe it was 12. Attention. It was 12. I, I love spread. Was it for us? or for No, the... we were a favorite. Okay, we were I was going to say, yeah. we better not have been a 12-point. But uh, this Friday is very winnable. We see. I, we saw Lamar's hang right with them. Um, that was a three-point game in the third quarter. And Bishop Heelan, 29-16, that game was extremely close. Bishop Heelan just made a couple of mistakes uh, throughout the game. I think they had a pick six in that game. I don't remember what else, but... That game, Bishop Heelan could have won that game very easily, and I would say we are better than Bishop Heelan, so let's go. This Friday's going to be fun. Speaking of Bishop Heelan, looking ahead to this week, uh, they've got Lamar's coming to town at the aerial attack. Uh, the Bulldogs uh, traveling to Heelan, so there'll be a lot of uh, passing in that game. I don't, and Heelan likes to take, throw the ball a They're, they're a balanced offense. Yeah, they will put the ball in the air. Um, but again, with the uh, the weather this, weather this Friday, Lamar's offense. That's going to be interesting to see how that works. Now, Tate Westoff's a good quarterback, but 20-30 mile-an-hour win speaks for itself. Now, the fact that Helan's field is kind of right in the middle of town, maybe that'll help kind of knock the wind down a little bit. And it's kind of down in a bowl a little bit, Mm -hmm. similar to what Dennis and uh, Schleswig's setup is. So you get a little protection from that wind down there. But uh, Now, in Sergeant Bluff this Friday, that field is wide open. There is nothing stopping the wind at that that stadium. Pack your long johns. And then, of course, Storm Lake and Dennis and Schleswig. So we just got done talking about both those teams and the RPI. One of them will fall. Uh, the other one will get, have a victory. So that might suggest that they lost to a team with uh, extra victory. So one of them might even move up more. And the other one will move down. So. You would hope. Uh, but who knows? Who knows? I think in our district, three very evenly matched games. Yeah. I think uh, Lamar's Bishop Heelan. I'd probably favor Bishop Heelan. I think they're the tougher at home team, especially at home, and I think they're the tougher team, so they should be able to run all over Lamar's and kind of impose their will. <coughs> Storm Lake at Denison. I don't know. I I probably favor Storm Lake. Um, seems like Denison to me is kind of a, a one man band with uh, Wea. He's a good player, but I liked the uh, the balanced offense that kind of Storm Lake brought, and we saw it. Storm Lake can't stop. Uh, Dennis and Schles- excuse me, Dennis and Schleswig can't stop a nosebleed, and they're going to go seven in the box again against a team that just loves to run the football. 
I think Storm Lake might yeah. hang it on him. Good, pretty, good pretty luck. Bad. Good luck on Dennis containing Soto if he starts getting loose on yeah, him. Yeah, and too. Colton Dreeth. Uh, yeah. it, it could be it could be a big effort from the tornadoes down in that uh, valley down there. So that'll be very interesting. And then two of our non-district opponents play Webster City at Humboldt. Um, I would look for Webster City to probably win that game, but we saw Humboldt, I think it was last week, Dallas Center Grimes, another team that is ahead of us in the RPI at 12, and they're probably going to win that district. Humboldt lost to them by five. And again, we could have hung 50 on Humboldt. So somebody somewhere in this RPI business has got to look at common opponents and actually what happened on the field. I, something's got to be done. I don't know. Oh, yeah, a little bit crazy. Hey, look at around the rest of it. Uh, you know, uh, you know, Ty mentioned when we were talking about Helan, he said they're probably the best 1-5 team in the state. Probably ever. Yeah, I mean, they're just, they've had some unlucky breaks, so, you know, certainly don't want to take them for granted. Oh, like I just said, they could have beat Sergeant Bluff Luton. That game was very winnable for the Crusaders, so probably, yeah, like I said, best one in five team ever. I think our dump truck, or at least a candidate for dump truck of the week, is going to happen down in uh, Class 1A District 1, uh, Western Christian traveling to Siblio Cheaton. Uh, that could be the dump truck game of the so, week. So, whole Western Christian just gets a gigantic win at home against uh, West Sioux, the Falcons. And now they have to go to Sibley O'Cheaton. Sibley O'Cheaton, people in Sibley, hide your kids, hide your wife, and hide your husband because whole Western Christian coming to burn the house down. Everybody close your eyes. You're not going to oh, want to watch this brutality. That's going to be uh, Esterville, Lincoln Central. They they follow up a victory against Spirit Lake, which none of us saw coming. They get worked last week, I believe, it was a Garner Hayfield Venture or Clare, Clarion Goldfield. I don't remember which one, but they got destroyed, and now they go to Algona, one of the best teams in 2A. So it's not going to be a good week for the Midgets if they think they've got another upset coming. Algona will not overlook them like the uh, the Indians did. Of course, Spirit Lake is going to be at uh, Clarion Goldfield Dallas. Yeah, we need them to win. They whipped Southeast Valley. I didn't see it. I didn't see it either. That Not after what happened. They were probably a little mad about the Esterville thing. Well, they should have been. And my man, Mike Sweeter, I, I'd love to talk to him, find out what happened that game. They, Southeast Valley is a good program. they got a good squad. And You go up to Spirit Lake, though, that's a tough place to play. And the Spirit Lake's definitely got a decided home field advantage, so maybe that had something to do with it. But didn't see that coming from the Tribe. And, yeah, we need Spirit Lake to beat Clarion Goldfield. Uh, we'll take all the help we can get. Yeah. Sioux Central uh, is on a bit of a roll. They're headed to Manson Northwest Webster. So Should be able go to keep Rebels. that going. Yes. Go Rebels. They're doing a great yeah, job. i got to shout out my GTRA Titans hosting Belmont Clemmy this week. So uh, go Titans. And i got to shout out uh, one of my cousins plays for Sioux City East. Name is Ethan Brayfocal. They are Sioux City East, obviously, in 4A. 5-1 and one start to the season for the uh, for the Black Raiders. Only loss being two Sergeant Bluff Luton, 41 to nothing. They, this week, they host uh, West Des Moines Dowling, so it's going to be, could be a long night for uh, Sioux City East, but hey, chip chair chance, it's at home, see what you can do. Yeah, you can go Good out. measuring stick. You, you, what, you play the game. What is Hello, it? you play to win the game. Yeah. So. Or, wait, 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 wait. Hey, you play to win the game. Thank you. Very good, Coach O. You know, he made an appearance on my birthday uh, yesterday. I got a Happy card birthday from Tom Rutt. to you. Yeah, thank you, Marilyn. Um. <laughs> He, uh, Tom Rudd gave me a card with a Coach O uh, picture on it and uh, said, have a great birthday, Randy. Thank you. So I do appreciate that. Hey, guys. Hey. If you're out there listening to this thing, happy birthday to Randy. Thank you. Uh, perfect. Thank you, Coach O. So, hey, we got to get to our NYFL regional game of the week. And we no thought that obviously we could have picked Spencer at SBL because for everybody probably listening to this podcast, that is the biggest game of the week. However... That is not who we went with. We went with another game because we didn't want to be too big of homers. 
Um, so the uh, MYFL Regional Game of the Week that we have chosen is the, uh, where are we at here? I'm looking for my numbers here. Check Class 1A, District 1, Mr. Andy. Perfect. Thank you very much. That would be West Lyon at West Sioux. Now, obviously, West Sioux's looking to bounce back from that shocking loss to Western Christian. I think that caught us all off guard. And West Lyon is not the team you want to line up against to have to do that. I think we talked about that earlier this season. MLC Floyd Valley took some tough losses, and they were looking for a rebound win, and they had to go to West Lyon and do it, and obviously they didn't. And mostly Floyd Valley's having a really tough season, but... West Sioux looking for a bounce back win, and now you have to play West Lyon to try and get it. It is at home, but that's going to be that's going to be a four quarter fight there. That's going to be a good game to watch. I won't get to watch it, but for the yeah. people that are there, it'll be a good game to watch. Yeah, you'll get your probably get your money's worth, no doubt about it, because West Sioux's going to have to look to rebound. Uh, West Lyon is not going to want to let them off the snide. They're going to want to keep them uh, keep them down. So, great game. Looking forward to it. The SDR Triple Option Podcast Regional Game of the Week is brought to you by the Midwest Youth Football League. Third, fourth, fifth, and sixth grade players developing a love for the game and life. 16 communities, two states, one motto. The Midwest Youth Football League, where winning is an attitude, not a score. Check them out at myfootball.org. Hey, now I, I want to mention it is the 20th anniversary of the uh, MYFL, and they're having championship weekend right here in Spencer this week. So if you want to come out on Saturday and watch some youth football, these are the third through sixth graders of the region coming together for championship play. That'll be going on on the football practice fields uh, uh, where uh, over behind the baseball and softball complex on Saturday pretty much all day long. So if you're bored and want to come out and watch some youth football on Saturday, come on out and check out the uh, 20th anniversary championship and weekend. Hey, the Hawkeyes don't play till 6.30, so you got to have something during, during the day, right? Plenty Absolutely. So congrats to the MYFL and uh, good luck to the youngsters this week. Well, TJ, a, uh, as we transition here into college football, tough weekend for the Hawkeyes, man. I, I just I couldn't believe what I was watching out there. I, not that Michigan's a horrible team, but holy smokes, man, that we couldn't do anything on offense. No, and eight sacks, that's just disgusting. That's just like, oh! I was actually tweeting out during the game. It was, I got so frustrated, and I normally don't do this. But I got so frustrated watching it, and I was by myself. I didn't have anybody to scream at. So I started tweeting out. I said, hey, Hawkeyes, you know what? Next week at the team meeting, you could talk about the fact that blocking is legal, but holding isn't. I said, you know what? It really helps. I have two words for you, pass protection. And uh, you know what? I wanted to talk about this during your team meeting next week. So instead of yelling at people, you yelled at your keyboard. I yelled, your, your I yelled at my keypad on my phone. With big capital letters and stuff. You stupid, you block, got blocked. You're yep. that was kind of it. Was it something like that? Yeah, I think a lot of us did actually. It was very, very frustrating because they had so many opportunities, and it seemed like every time they did something right, they'd have a stupid holding penalty that would bring it back. Speaking of stupid holding penalties, didn't seem like Michigan had many of them, and despite uh, what the actual video of evidence will show you, I think the referee, especially on defense, missed a few. So I think there was just a little bit. It was homecoming. The referees probably had a little bit of a party to get to in Ann Arbor, and they're probably. Promised free beer and ribeyes if they Harbaugh. They probably promised free beer and ribeyes if they kind of called the game right for the khaki. Yeah, something like that. So I don't know if that factored in or what, but a tough loss for Iowa for sure. But I don't know. Maybe you could. I'm not in the moral victory bit. I don't think you are either, really. But you go on the road, very tough place to play. I mean, 110, 11,000 fans. Not many of them are for you. You go there and you you hang right with them. Uh, You. 
very, very, as, very winnable game. As horribly as they played, and they played right horrible, there, right they still there. had a chance to win at the end of the game. Oh, so. for sure. It just could have gotten a little bit more going on offense. And I wonder if uh, the coaching staff... One yard rushing? Are you serious? Well, you One fact, yard rushing? Well, you factor in sacks and whatnot. That really... Uh, I know, but that's just... that's that's. No, I know. Just, I, with a team with Sargent and what they've got in that backfield, one yard rushing? Well, I want to see some more Tyler Goodson, the uh, true freshman out of Georgia. He looks like the real deal, and I think it's time to start getting him the football more, and I think they will. And I wonder if, looking back at the tape on that, I wonder if Brian Ferentz kind of kicks himself for not running the ball a little bit more and maybe not going to the pass so much, especially because we couldn't block it. And what was frustrating is Michigan didn't even have to blitz all that much to get home. I mean, they would blitz and they would catch us, but they would do a lot of twists and stunts and stems, and they would just get home on our offensive line and really confuse us. So I guess maybe you just kind of chalk it up to experience and you move on, and now you get ready for a team in Penn State this week under the lights at home. They've got an aggressive and really good defense too. Now the the benefit is you'll be able to audible this game. Um, when you're on the road at a place like Michigan, you can't audible because there's, like I said, 110,000 fans screaming at you. Now, this week it'll be home cooking, so a lot more of that will be open in regards to audibling and checking out of plays and kind of setting your uh, protections with your offensive line and things of that nature. So I look for a bounce-back effort this week from the Hawkeyes. Getting three-and-a-half points. No no respect for Kinnick at night. Come on, Vegas. And they couldn't they couldn't look any much worse than they did last week. So. Defense, though. Everything I mean, I, I, be... I hang your hat on that defense, though. I like that. like what I saw there. Yeah, they, they, they didn't play bad at all. But, boy, there wasn't no offensive support. No, not, not really. Sure. So, and but... it's a team that, you know, Stanley is – has looked really good this year to this point. So it was just a three picks, which very uncharacteristic for him. And just it was a, just a bad day. You wash that one out of your mouth. It was a horrible taste. And yeah, and if you you just win this one, you just go. You take care of business at home. Beat Penn State, and the next few games after that are very winnable. And then you got a bye week, and then you get ready for the showdown up in Madison. So just take care of business this week. You want to have one Big Ten loss going into that game at Wisconsin because that could very well decide the Big Ten West. So. All of our goals are still in front of us. That that loss to Michigan, it stinks as fans, but it doesn't hurt you too bad, in my opinion. You know, we don't we don't talk a ton of fantasy football on this show, but... This is a good week to do it, baby. Is, well, here's the thing. Set it up. It was very crazy, TJ, because you and I were playing each other in our fantasy league, and you had a gigantic lead uh, coming into the end of the day Sunday. I mean, probably at about 5 or 6 o'clock on Sunday, you were ahead of me by... 60 points, I think. It was looking pretty grim. And then all of a sudden, Amari Cooper came alive and Philip Lindsay came alive. And when we got done with that, going into Monday night, I had a 30 point lead. I was sitting at 187. I think you were at like 157. I, like, I was like 30 on the nose. Yeah. yeah, it was like 30 point difference. I felt so comfortable with that because you had one guy going. And whose team does he play and he for, plays Randy? for my Niners. It was Brita. <laughs> and I'm thinking, but Brita is not going to have a 30 point output. Especially Cleveland's defense has been playing pretty well. Yeah, so I'm feeling pretty comfortable. I wanted the Niners to win, but I didn't want Breida to do it. First play from scrimmage, <laughs> Breida breaks off, what, an 80-yard run? 83-yard run to yard the house. To, oh, my. And I just went, uh-oh, this isn't good. And then he caught one later, and I'm going, ah, oh, man. He wound up with 37 points, and I wound up losing by 7 to you, 194 to 187. And it was a crazy, probably insane game, but it was. And your winner, the reigning, defending, Daily Reporter Fantasy Football League champion, TJ. Woo! Woo! So, so, yeah! 
Yeah, and I dropped from third to sixth in the standings after that. Hey, so. dude, top eight teams make the playoffs. Playoffs, I, I get, it's a, playoffs are a bus. You just got to get on the bus. You just got to get on the bus, and you'll be fine. So, so not, anyway, not a big deal. Yeah, we're we're all right. But it was fun. It was fun to keep track of it as it went back and forth. Well, we don't talk. Two teams we don't talk a lot about on the show now is the Bucks because they're not worth it, and you know who is gone. gone. Yeah, but left. Randy, how about your Super Bowl pick? Raiders, Niners, though. Yeah, sure. How about your Super Bowl? I'm happy with my Niners, man. They're they're still unbeaten. They're only oh, one of two unbeaten teams. Well, in the how league. about your Raiders going across the pond, Governor? Oh, I was happy with and that. Taking care too. of the Bears. Very very happy about that. Uh, it was a good weekend for me until I lost fantasy, and then that all went south for you me. You had well. Bears fans saying, "Bloody hell, mate! We can't, can't believe we couldn't beat the Raiders." Yeah, well, that's there's a lot of Bears fans in England. I'm sure. How stupid is that going to sound? New, back the new the new black hole. Pretty bad. Is it going to be bad? Okay, I can't wait. The new black hole, anyway, in England. So, <laughs> TJ. Well, I, speaking of black hole, dude, my picks last week. Oof, oofta, oofta. Well, let's see what we can do this week. Let's see if we can get them fixed. We'll go with a uh, TJ's top. What do we got? Six here. TJ's top six this TJ's week. TJ's yeah. top six this week. So let's start it off. We got Penn State at Iowa. All right. Well, now I'm 21 and 17 on the year. I was six games ahead of 500. Actually, seven, 19 and 12. Now I'm only four. So I don't. I wanna. I wanna keep going the right direction. So we're gonna start with my Hawkeyes, under the lights at Kinnick, getting three and a half. Oh hell yeah! Give me that all day, especially with a team with a really good defense and a team that's uh, got a little bad taste in their mouth after what happened to them last week in Ann Arbor. Iowa getting the three and a half points. Like it? I love it. Take the Hawkeyes and Randy. Give me my second game. I got a question. Okay, I'm interested in this one. I need the logic on this. All Oklahoma. Right. Taking on Texas, and they're going to play in Oklahoma, correct? No, it's the Cotton Bowl. This is the neutral field. Oh, is it the neutral field? Yeah, they game? play at the Cotton Bowl every year in Dallas. Okay. Oh, so okay. All right. That would be one reason That's for a that. That's a little bit of an equalizer there. Yeah, yeah. They always play at the neutral field bit there. But it's Oklahoma by 12. I'm taking Texas. You think of big rivalries in college football, this one is top five easily, I would say. And I think 12 points is just too much to give in a rivalry game like this, especially when Texas is a really good football team and they actually play some defense. Now, Lincoln Riley's offense is just on another level, but Texas does play some defense. And Sam Ellinger, quarterback of Texas, he's a really good player. A lot of a lot of people don't talk about him. Really good football player, and I think he'll do enough. I don't know if Texas wins the game outright, but I think he does enough to at least keep the game within 12. So I will take the Longhorns getting the 12 points there, Randy. All right, is if that, you say so. Oh, no. We're, do you want to go double or nothing? you say so. Do you want to go double or nothing? Oklahoma and Texas. You already owe me 10. Uh, thanks for the reminder. So you already owe me 10. You really want to do this? <laughs> you really want to do, do this? Do you want to? I. You know what? I'll take Oklahoma and give you the 12. All right, fine. All right, very good. The hands have been shaken. Oklahoma. You are a bad influence. I know. and I, You are a bad, bad influence. And every time I've taken double-digit points. I mean, I'm giving double-digit points here. I think that's pretty generous. Of well, me. I keep betting against really good teams. So, everybody out there, don't bet against really good teams. Right. Although I am betting against Penn State in my first game, who's really good. But they haven't played anybody. Come on. Give me the Hawkeyes at home wearing alternate jerseys under the lights. All right. Are you ready? The crowd's going to be drunk. Houston at Kansas City. All right. So... It's the Texans at the Chiefs. Chiefs by five. I'm going to roll with the Texans in this one. I mean, Chiefs got no defense. And did you see what Deshaun Watson did last week? He missed five passes for 420 yards, five touchdowns. He was awesome in shredding the Atlanta Falcons. And plus, the Chiefs are really beat up. No Tyreek Hill. Defense isn't really good anyway, and I think they got some injuries on that side of the ball. And Pat Mahomes tweaked an ankle last week. You add all that up, give me the Texans all day getting the five points at Arrowhead. 
All right. Oh, what, you want to do another one? No, 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 that's fine. I think that's, that's reasonable. I, I don't think it's okay. not reasonable. All right. Randy, give me my fourth game. Philadelphia at Minnesota. All right, so this might be a homer pick a little bit, but I'm going to go with the quarterback who has won like five games against a winning team more than me and you have, and that's not very many. No. That's five. So it's Philadelphia at Minnesota, Minnesota by three. I'm going to take my Vikings at home to avenge the NFC title game loss from two years ago. I think we get the money. I think we win at home by three points. As long as you've got Cook healthy. Oh, yeah, Dalvin is fine. It's not going to matter who's quarterbacking. It could be a monkey with a note in his mouth. <laughs> well, uh, pretty much sometimes we've had. <laughs> I, think you, I think you get that way. Cook is, is just running out of his mind right yeah, now. Yeah, he's playing really well. And Philadelphia's secondary is kind of beat up. I think I believe they still have Malcolm Jenkins, who's a really good football player. But should be some uh, should should be some holes in that passing game that Minnesota can exploit. And our defense at home, I'll, I'll ride with that all day. So give me the Vikings to win the game by three points. And, Randy, give me my fifth game. Another interesting one, Dallas at the Jets. All right, so it's Dallas by eight. I'm going to take the Jets in this one. Sam Darnold is back. So that's why I'm doing that. If it was Luke Falk, I wouldn't I wouldn't touch this game. But Sam Darnold, it's his first game back, so it'll be, interesting. it'll be interesting to see how this one goes. Um, but I've, Dallas looked like crap And I think week. this is going to free up Le'Veon Bell a little bit, too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because everybody knows the game has been on his back here the last couple, three weeks when, when Darnold's been out. So now that Darnold's back... You got a guy. You have to worry about his throwing ability now. And Le'Veon's always a threat to catch those short passes out of the backfield too. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah, teams the last few weeks have just been able to key on Le'Veon Bell because they know Luke Falk is just not an NFL quarterback. He's pretty terrible. So Sam Darnold back at home, getting eight points against a Dallas team who did not look good against Green Bay at all. Uh, that game could have. Speaking of a team that could have hung fifty on somebody, <laughs> Green Bay could have hung fifty on Dallas last week. So the Jets at home getting the eight with Sam Darnold back. Absolutely, give me that. So. Randy, give me my last game. Are you ready for it? Oh yeah, I did. I didn't even do this on purpose. I but this fits right in. This fits like a glove. Love it. Okay, Pittsburgh at LA Chargers, my home team. I I, I like betting against your favorite team, Governor. I'm sorry. I, I, come on now, get to the chopper. Get to the Chargers. Well, Pittsburgh is gonna get to the Chargers, and it's the Chargers. This is Sunday Night Football. The Chargers by seven. I'm gonna take the Steelers in this one now. The Steelers are on their third quarterback, and usually I like to fade teams that are on their third quarterback, but first off, the game's in L.A., which doesn't mean anything, because I think there will be just as many Steeler fans at the game as Charger fans, because Steeler fans are all over and they travel well. And I like the toughness of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Running the ball, playing defense. I don't know who will win the game, but Pittsburgh getting the seven points? Absolutely. Give me that all day. So we're going Hawkeyes, Longhorns, Texans. Not Texans, Texas Longhorns, Texas, and then Texans. A little bit of a tongue twister there. I can't even blame that on you, Justin. Wish I could. And then Vikings, Jets, and the Steelers. I'll be back next week. Oh, no, you'll be you'll be back Friday. We need you Friday. Okay. There's no excuse for you. All right, very good. Well, Justin, hey, thank you very much. Of course, the uh, picks. Let's see if we can get you back on the winning spirit here this week. Uh, I'm with you on some of these. I, I want to see this happen for you. So, well, hopefully, it's Texas. Every everyone in Texas and Oklahoma. I'm with you. Everyone but that one. All so. right. Anyway, Justin Thomas, thank you for uh, running the show, Mr. Producer. Hey, we will uh, be That's with you think of the Friday RPI night. Currently. Regardless of the weather, hopefully, uh, we will be down at Sergeant Bluff Luton with a uh, pregame about 6.30 and then a halftime report and then back after the game to talk about the Tigers and SBL. 
Until then, we'll see you next week with more SDR Triple Option Podcast. The SDR Triple Option Podcast is brought to you by Brown's Shoe Fit, Northwest Iowa Bone, Joint, and Sports Surgeons, Clay County Motors, Insurance Associates of Spencer, Employment Connections, Holly Brink, Designated Managing Broker, EXP Realty, Hi-V, Nelson Jewelry, Community Insurance, Papa Murphy's, The Average Joe Hair Salon for Men, Graham Tire, MyFL, and Spencer Auto Parts. That'll do it for this week's SDR Triple Option Podcast. Tune in next week as the guys talk Lamar's at Spencer to round out the home portion of the 2019 schedule. Thanks for listening. So long, everybody. Physical therapy. Therapy. Jeepers.